Welcome back to Transformation Fridays with Coach Myrna. Today, I want to talk to you on the subject of desire. When you've got habit. So Lord, I pray that I will be able to motivate and inspire my listeners. I pray that you will speak through me and that I can elicit change. Amen. Awesome. 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 Listen, I thank you for being here. I thank you for tuning in. I do appreciate you supporting my work and I absolutely love talking to you one-on-one. So let's get on with it. All right. So the concept of a burning desire was introduced at the beginning of the book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. In the book, Hill tells the story of a little girl whose mama sent her to get 50 cents from her uncle. This little girl went and told her uncle, my mama would like 50 cents. The uncle replied, tell your mama I don't have 50 cents. But the little girl did not leave. She just waited. She expected 50 cents and she was not going to leave until she got it. Minutes went by. The uncle returned to what he was doing. And then he turns around and noticed that the girl was still standing at the door. So he says to her, go on now before I take a belt at you. Still, the little girl wouldn't leave. He went back to doing what he was doing, looked around again, and she was still there. Annoyed, he decides to walk towards her, taking out his belt to give her a belt and let her go on. But what happened? It was amazing. This little girl, no more than seven or eight, walked up to this man as he was walking towards her in total bravery, looked him straight in the eye and yelled at the top of her lungs, my mama got to have that 50 cents. <laughs> the uncle stopped in his tracks, amazed at the bravery of this little girl put his hand in his pocket, took out the 50 cents and gave it to her. This little girl backed away from him, never taking her eyes off him until she was through the door. <laughs> now Hill told the story because it opens up a concept of when you gotta have it. This burning desire when you gotta have it you wouldn't go away when someone tells you no. You wouldn't throw in the towel at the first failure. You wouldn't move until you get it. Now, I have a real life story of Sylvester Stallone and I love this story. I even have a chapter dedicated to it in my book, Out of the Snares, a story of hope and encouragement about Sylvester Stallone. And if you have never heard it, let me share it. Now, Sylvester Stallone was broke, but that is usually all how all good stories start. Every single one of them talks about how somebody was broke. In fact, I was just listening to um, um, a podcast earlier, and they started off with um, Robert Kawasaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, where he had $300 living in his van. And then he became a millionaire and now mountain time's over. So Sylvester Stallone was broke. 
And when you hit rock bottom, the only place you can go is up. He was so broke that he couldn't afford heating his home. One day, he decided to go into the library to get warm inspiration. And someone left a book on a table he was sitting on, Intervention by God. He decided to pick up this book and read it because, you know, he's bored and it was right there in front of him. So he decided to pick up this book and read it. It was a compilation of the works of Edward Allan Poe. He devoured the book. He said that the book moved him and helped him to stop thinking about himself and want to help other people. That's what happens when God gets in the mix. It made him become a writer. He immediately went home and started writing movie scripts. He wrote a few screenplays and made a few bucks, but as I started off, he was still broke, didn't pay much. One day he happened to watch the Muhammad Ali versus Chuck Webner fight and was inspired to write the story of Rocky Balboa about a nobody fighter given the, uh, the million to one opportunity to challenge for a heavyweight title. He decided to sit down and write a script. For 20 hours, it just poured out of him. He didn't take a break. That's when you know that God is downloading it. Every writer that tells you they just sit down and the pen just flows, that's divine intervention. Anyway, that's exactly what happened to Rocky. He sat down and started writing and did not get up until he was finished, 20 hours later. So he had his script for Rocky Balboa, a fighter that has given a million to one opportunity to challenge for a heavyweight title. He started pitching the script to producers. Nobody wanted to touch it. He was turned down by several studios until he found one that liked it enough to offer him $150 for the script. But Stallone had one condition. He had to star in the film as Rocky. The studio said, no way, we're not gonna spend millions to produce a film and place an unknown guy who talked funny to play the lead. By the way, Sylvester Stallone talked funny because he was injured at birth by the forceps, the forceps, forceps, you know, touched his face and his face talked like somebody had a stroke, you know. So yeah, I said, you're an unknown, you talk funny, no way that we're going to have you um, play the lead. Sylvester said, no way, because he got to have it. His desire was to play the lead and it was non-negotiable. He had to have it they kept up in the price. They went all the way to $450,000 and he still said no. Think of that little girl standing by the door, not moving until she got her 50 cents and you get the picture. Salone would not budge. His burning desire and the desire he had to have was to play the lead as Rocky and he would not budge. Meanwhile, it's not like he had a whole lot of money. Meanwhile, he was so broke that he had to sell his dog for $50. And he also stole his wife's jewelry and pawned them for money. 
He was rock bottom. He was in a miserable place. But just like the uncle, the studio finally said, yes, when you don't give up and you um, keep, you know, sticking to your guns, then you're going to get a yes. That's basically how the universe works. The rest is history. Sylvester Stallone got his desire to play the part as the movie star because he had to have it. You know, um, uh, the the studio decided that they were going to cut the risk and they paid him a little money and give him a percentage of the box office. <laughs> now, that was a funny move because that's exactly what he wanted. And now a lot of actors do that. You know, they take less salary and bet on the box office draw. And this film went on to make history scoring 10 Academy Awards, winning Best Picture, and triggering one of the most financially successful movie series in history. And as a side note, when, you know, when Stallone got money and he wanted his dog back, because, you know, a dog is man's best friend, he went back to the guy at the um, liquor store that he sold the dog for 50 cents, and the guy would not take $1,000 for it. He would not take $2,000. He would not take $10,000 for it. He had to pay the guy $15,000 and give him a part of the movie <laughs> for him to buy his dog back. And that's another episode. That's what's called leverage. When you've got leverage, when somebody wants something from you, you can charge anything you want and they will pay. So, all right, so that's regarding Sylvester Stallone, gotta have it, a burning desire. Now, I also had a burning desire. My burning desire was to become an American citizen. I had to have it, and I didn't take no for an answer. I applied one time, was turned down. I applied two times, was turned down. And then I went for the doozy three times to apply for the permanent residence. And everybody said, you were crazy. It was an act of total bravery. But I said, why not, right? The immigration officer looked at me when I went for my interview for the third time. And he says, it looks like you really want this benefit. And give it to me. <laughs> I surely did. I surely desired this benefit. America was my promised land. It was the land of milk and honey, the land of generational increase. You see what happens is the energy of desire is a force that creates movement towards the desired goal or purpose. The target determines the arrow. I'm sure you heard that before. When you desire something, you think about it all the time and the universe gets to work on manifesting it for you. That's basically how the law of attraction works. Same thing, universal law. Now, when we use the word desire, we could mean one or two things. The desire for things, like I just mentioned, or people also use desire in a sexual connotation, like sexual desire. So today I wanna dive into both of these desires. We're going to start with the desire for things, and then we're going to touch on what is sexual desire. Um, so the desire for money um, 
is one of the things that we're going to touch on. You can desire any kind of thing. You can desire fame. You can desire success. You can desire money. You can desire kids. You can desire anything that's tangible. So we're going to touch on money because it's the easiest thing and, and almost everybody wants it. So how do we transform our desire for money into its physical counterpart? Money in our hands. So again, I'm getting a lot of my, my data from the book, Think and Grow Rich. It is an awesome book. You know, it is a book that they say that you got to read, right? And because it has pages and pages of principles. So, so one of the things that's in the book, Think and Grow Rich, the author gives, which is Napoleon Hill, he gives us six steps to alchemize. Alchemy is transformation, right? It means turning lead into gold or transforming. So we're going to use the word alchemize, your desire for money, which is transforming that desire, which is the thought of money, into money in your hands, money that you can count, money that you can take to the bank. So here are the six steps. Step number one, name your desire. Do you want a million dollars? Do you want $50,000? What is the amount of money do you want? And it can't be general like, I want to be rich, you know? No, you, you have to quantify it. You have to know what you want. Number two, select a time frame you got to have it by. For example, I want a million dollars in my bank account by the time I'm 65 years old. That's a time frame. That's also, you know, tagging on to number one. You've got a definite amount that you want. Step three, what are you going to do to get this money? What services are you going to give in exchange for this money? Most people that dream of a million dollars dream of winning the lottery. This is not a bad desire. People win the lottery every week. I play the lottery, but that desire can't be alchemized because you're not exchanging services for pay. You're just playing the odds. And you know what the odds are? I think one in 500 million or something. <laughs> And no, not that much, you know, because you're not 500 million people in America, you know, one in multiple millions. It's very low odds. Now, if you've ever gone on YouTube, you will see literally thousands of examples of people exchanging services for pay. Every ad, and I mean every single one of them, is someone selling you a course and how they made millions and they want to share the secrets and steps with you. This is what they're offering in exchange for money. Their skills to tell you how to do it and you pay them for it. This is basically what Napoleon Hill was talking about. What are you gonna do to get the money? Number four, create a plan to get this money. Let's say that you decided you wanted to have a million dollars in your bank account by the time you were 65 years old. And you want to make this money by selling a course on how to start an online business. Hey, I picked that one. It's the most popular one now. This is the stage to create the plan. How are you going to find your audience? Once you define your audience, how are you going to get them to click your link 
to your squeege page. When you get them to your squeege page, how are you going to sell your course? Will you do a webinar or workshop? Create a plan to get this money, right? So then number five, very important. I've, I've known this one for a long time. Write it down. A plan in your head does nothing to alchemize desire. Writing it down gives it form. Thoughts are formless. A plan in paper starts the wheels turning to bring the formless to form. That is money in your hands. Number six, see yourself with a million dollars in your bank account. How is your life different? What are you doing? Who are you doing it with? What are you wearing? <laughs> what is your hair like? What are you driving? What kind of purse you have? All the things that you think a million dollars are gonna give you, right? If you plan to retire at 65, see yourself relaxing, traveling the world, or just sipping margaritas in your backyard with a view of the mountains <laughs> or listening to the ocean. You know, one of those two things people always dream about. So these are the steps, according to Napoleon Hill, to alchemize your desire for money. Now let's look at the other one, your counterpart, sexual desire. In the book, um, the Alchemy of Desire by Taron J. Nepal, the author says that love is not the greatest glue between two people, sex is. Very true. This book talks about the day he woke up after 15 years of marriage and no longer had a sexual desire for his wife. He goes through the Alchemy of Desire and looking at what makes you desire someone and what happens when you no longer desire them. He said that he was still madly in love with his wife, but his desire for her died. And he made the observation that a man needs desire to make his body parts work. True, he can't force it. <laughs> You know, the body is the true engine of life. When a man loses desire for a woman, the woman always asks, what happened? Is it me? Is it something I did? Was it something I said? And according to him, the answer is, I don't know. It's one of those intangibles. It is something that happens with our pheromones, something that happens. It is our non-physical entity. And, you know, we don't know how that works, right? We don't know why we fall in love. We don't know why we have sexual desire. It just happens. And when it goes away, we don't know why. What we do know is that when sex leaves a marriage, it is technically over. Desire is energy. And behind every desire is the need to feel good. You're not going to desire to have a million dollars in your bank account, 
$50, $50,000 in your bank account, any amount that you desire is because you think it's going to give you something that you don't have now. And it's going to bring you some sort of pleasure, whether it's buying your, your dream car, living in your dream house, traveling the world and seeing new things, going to places and eating foods that are beautiful, you know, and taste good. It's a desire. So it is a form of pleasure. You know, everything you desire is because you think it will bring you some form of pleasure. Doesn't always work out that way, but that's why you want it anyway. So there are seven positive major emotions and desire heads up the list. The seven positive emotions are desire, fate, love, sex, enthusiasm, romance, hope. Positive emotions enable the law of attraction to bring you like thoughts. Here is the process that starts with the energy of desire. You desire something, then you package it with positive emotion. Thoughts are energy traveling at a high rate of vibration. Thoughts that have been modified or stepped up by any of the major positive emotions vibrate at a much higher rate than ordinary thought. When you think of your desire, package it with positive thoughts and see yourself walking in those positive emotions like happiness, gratitude, success. And when you tell yourself you got to have it, the universe says, okay. <laughs> so before I go, I want to step back up to the sixth step that Napoleon Hill talked about. And that is the one where you visualize and see yourself with what you desire. It is how you alchemize that desire. In every single motivational speaker, thought leader, coach is going to tell you that this is the way to get what you want. When you got to have it, you have to do the work. You have to do the energy work. Every morning when I walk, I walk in a place that's called, I call it the sanctuary. It is a wooded area and it's quiet and it's just me and the trees. And that's where I do my energy work. I do my energy work there because I'm in nature, right? And I think about what I want. I imagine that I've got it and I feel what it will feel like to have it. And that's basically how you alchemize any desire that you have, gotta have it. Now I spent a lot of time talking to money, but one of the most prevalent desires for women and men, but you know, my, my um, work is usually geared to women because you know, I understand us and I understand where we are, is that they want to have a relationship that's fulfilling. They either, they either 
looking for a partner or they're in a relationship and it's not fulfilling. And basically, when you have the tendency to say, you know what, I don't have this and this is what I want, it's very, very hard not to go and think what you don't have. But whenever you think about what you don't have, whenever you think of lack, guess what? I said that your thoughts are energy. And what does it do? It goes out and it finds like thoughts. So when you're thinking of lack and when you're thinking of all the things that you don't have, that's what you keep attracting. You keep attracting lack. So, and I know this is very hard work. What you got to do is think of what you do want, right? And imagine that you have it already. Everybody talks about the fact that, you know, you know, you're single. Um, When you come home, you know, park on the the right side of the driveway or pick a side because you imagine that you've got a a husband or a man and he's going to park on the other side. When you sleep in your bed, you sleep on your side and imagine that you've got a man there. You know, hey, your imagination is very important, but don't think of what you don't have. Just imagine you already have it and walk around like you have it. And that is how you will bring it to you. It's like having a lasso to the moon (laughs) and you're pulling it in, right? So that's what you want to do. So, all right. So today we talked about desire. We talk about you, how, when you gotta have something and when you gotta have something, you know, regardless of how long it takes, if you do not give up, you will get it. You know, whether it takes five days, five years, 25 years, (laughs) if you got to have it, you will get it. So thanks for spending time with me today. I do appreciate your time. I hope that you're inspired to go get it. If you got to have it, go get it. So um, tuning next week for another episode of Transformation Fridays with Coach Myrna. Until next time, namaste.